This is Cole Wynn with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Today's episode is number 24, and we are having on Cam Colley, Cameron Colley, the infielder out of Mount, or out of Barber Hills, which is Mount Bellevue, Texas. It's going to join us. He was a Texas Tech commit. He'll be on with us right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right, Jeff, he's going to be joining us here in just a second. He's already out there, isn't he? Yeah, he's in Arizona. He's he's one of the <clears> – <throat> if, if, if Chris Young's math is correct, there are 130 minor leaguers there right now, uh, 90 who are – participating in the mini camp and 40 who are just kind of staying in the village and working out on their own. And, um, so that's a big group. I mean, that's, you know, minor league camp starts March 5th, right. Uh, or at least that's report date. So you're talking about guys who have been there. Um, you know, like in the case of Jack Leiter, he's been there a month, since, right? uh, mid, mid January. So there, there are guys who are w- working on their fifth week there uh, and will be there six weeks before workout. So <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a good group. It's a good sign. You can tell they're hungry. Um, maybe they see opportunity not too far off. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's good to see, um, even with, with, with no major league camp, it's good to see. Yeah. And, and a lot of talent. So there's a lot of talent there. And, and of course, the, you know, this labor dispute is obviously something that everybody's, uh, you know, we've all got some concerns about, we want to see it get going, but Hey, minor league baseball will be on time. That thing's starting, uh, Frisco opens op- April 8th, I believe, is when they start. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. and I I understand you pushed it. Uh, Chris said that last night. You were the one pushing the question. Um, he did not dis- – He uh, Chris Young just would not emphatically say no that, that Frisco is out of the question for Jack Ladder. Right. And, um, you know, he <clears throat> he kind of hem and hawed a, a little bit, you know, like, you know, you know, it'll be Jack who tells us where it is and um, – I just said, Hey, is Frisco possible? And he said, yeah, well, I don't remember the exact question, but Frisco is a possibility. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they think he's an advanced polished pitcher, mature. Um, you know, I don't know if anybody read my story yet today, but he hit 99 last week in his first live batting practice. I mean, that's, um, and you just talked to him, didn't you? Good. I talked to him Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. And, um, just kind of catching up with him and, and, and wanted to get, and get a feel for what he's been doing here the last five weeks. He is the top prospect uh, in, in the system. So um, that's kind of important, uh, but he's, um, <clears throat> you know, again, yeah, we, when we had him on great to talk to very oh, yeah. informative, 
uh, complete sentences. Um, just he, he's enjoying life right now. He, yeah, and the only the only negative thing we had to say at all about Jack Leiter was that he doesn't like peanut butter. That's right. That's right. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I'm still having trouble with that one. But um, some hey, yeah. some people. I mean, I, I like it all too. I like the crunchy and I like the <laughs> I like the smooth. It doesn't doesn't matter to me. I like peanut butter. Um, but so, yeah, so it's a good group out there. Um, most of the uh, front office is out there now. A lot of the major league coaching staff is out there. So, uh, stuff's getting done. And, uh, again, you know, I know what the, we, we know what the Rangers did for the lockout as far as signing guys and who they signed. Right. Uh, but they're still not going to contend this year. You know, they, they might flirt with it, but this team is, is, needs another another year for everything to come together uh and and what needs to come together is, is uh the prospects who are advanced like colwyn uh probably not josh young now we can talk about that here in a second yep uh sam Huff, uh you know and, and maybe we'll, we'll see where lighter starts but um it's um it's 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 going to be a big year last year was an extremely big year for the minor leagues this year will be a, a, not quite as big. I don't think, you know, things just need to keep progressing, but they have guys who are on the cusp and can really help in 23. Yeah. And, and I think that, that I, I have kind of been out on a limb when I, at first, when I was saying, I thought Lauder had a good chance to start at double A when people were like, Oh no, no, no. He's got to start at high. I was like, this is a guy who faced a hunt. He had 110 innings last year. If he goes out in spring training and does well, and shows that he's ready to 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 compete, and and they want to challenge him or whatever. That is what double A is not out of the question. He's he's going to be the age of the double A players. So it's not like he's the nineteen year old you're throwing out there, um, you know. And he pitched yeah. one hundred and ten innings last year. Right, and I, I know I SEC lineups are pretty good. I, I don't. They're probably not as good as a double A AA lineup, but no, uh, there's some there's some very good hitters. Uh, that, that he faced last year, um, Jacob Berry at LSU, who's, who's a, a, a real possibility for the Rangers to draft yeah. uh, three overall this year. Um, you know, they're, they're just guys like that who Leiter has faced, um, not regularly, uh, you know, and, and these hitters are more mature. They've seen more breaking stuff. Right. So it's it, it would be more of a challenge, but still it's not like he's just – Coming like you said, coming straight out of high school and, and getting thrown to the wolves. Absolutely, and that that was my point. And look, high A lineups are probably just as good as SEC lineups. Got to be honest with you, they might even yeah. better. I mean, there there are some talented kids at high A. The problem is, yes, he faced double A hitters probably in some of these college kids. They weren't scattered throughout an entire lineup, but he mm. handled them all. Whether they were the best hitters in the lineup or just the guys at the bottom of any SEC lineup, he 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 didn't have much problems last year. He, he did well. So I, I, we'll see. Look, spring training is going to tell. You and I were supposed to be headed out there. Um, we had basically set travel. I'd already bought a plane ticket, but uh, that, huh. I'll, I'll check on that. But, hey, we're going to have someone right there when this goes. If, if, if I can't yeah. get out right away, you will be. I'll join you later. But we're going to be on the ground as soon as this thing ends. Yeah, um, I definitely want to be there for the first day of Major League Camp. Um <clears throat> You know, I, 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 we enjoy the minor leagues and, and the podcast has really made it to living on minor leaguers, but um, you know, the big league team, there was a lot of interest in it before the lockout and uh, that, that interest is going to be there. Uh, the, the average baseball fan um, 
probably doesn't know a lot about the minor leagues, but they want to know about the Rangers and they want to go watch them play. So getting there, getting stories, getting to names of faces, players getting to know our faces. Yep. Uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. I and mean, it's a cheap way for, for fans. Minor league is a cheap way to go watch future major leaguers. I mean, and be close. You can buy a cheap ticket, sit down right by a dugout and watch these guys that are going to be playing on TV. A lot of them, not all of them. And, and they right. don't, Hey, but the biggest news this week was not good. And I know that you guys got called on the conference call with uh, CY and y'all addressed this situation. Josh Young is essentially, and what I came to the conclusion last night, he's gone for the year. Yes, in six months, they think that they can start to DH him. Why would you put him in the big leagues to DH? He is not going to make his debut in 2022 unless he heals way quicker than they're projecting. Well, I, they haven't ruled it out. Um, you know, it, and, you know, the, uh, the, av- the average timeline is six months. Maybe he re- recovers a little sooner. You know, he – if, if that's the case, maybe that improves his chances of debuting this year. But, um, you know, I, I think it just kind of depends on where the team's at and, and you know, what, what Josh's mental state is like. I mean, this is a, this is a tough deal. This is two straight years now that uh, he was supposed to make his major league debut. And there's a, a, a you know, it didn't happen last year. And there's a pretty good chance it's not going to happen this year. But, right. Um, you know, you, you need to re- reward a guy sometimes. Um, he clearly did everything they asked of him last year when he was healthy. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if, if he come, if he comes back and is hitting well and, and, you know, needs a challenge, then, then maybe they do do that. But it, it would, it would also be a reward like, Hey, we know what you've been through the last two years. Uh, we know that, that you had to <clears throat> put up a lot of crap here and, and you did it well. And, and so, you know, kind of throwing him a bone. And, and telling him he's still part of the plans. I mean, I'm, it's obvious that he is, but sure. um, I, think, I think there's a chance he could earn his, his, his way to the, the major league roster, but it would be late in the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, yes. I, my, my contention was, you know, that the, with the value of a 40-man spot right now, depending on where the team is, unless, unless he got back, was hitting well, and they're maybe in some sort of hunt, that they might could use his bat to get up there, or like you said, just to, hey – you know what, reward you. You went back down after this and you're hitting 300 in AAA. You've already got six or seven bombs. Um, you're, you know, you're, your selection's good. You're, you're obviously, your bat's there. Uh, yeah, I guess I could see that. But my guess would be why not, why not hold back and just say let's, let, let's start you. And then he's really probably projected to start 2023 in the opening day lineup. Right. I mean, if you held a gun to my head and said, is he going to be in the major leagues this year, I'd say no. Sure. Um, but there are ways, know. yeah. But it's it's not impossible, um, and uh, and it's not it's not an awful idea to to not give him a promotion. And, and you're right about the forty man and things like that. But uh, you know, and and who knows, you know, <laughs> what what they're gonna have to do in the off season as far as the the forty man roster and and, sure. and stuff like that. But that's way down the road. And, yeah. Um, anyway, okay. It, 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 it's a lousy deal though because very clearly he showed especially at triple a last year that he was he's ready i mean I, yeah. no no I, he, he I showed it yeah don't buy an argument that he's not ready and um you know it i can understand that they wanted him to win the job and they're they were pushing isaiah kiner falefa as a potential starter um you know maybe for a number of reasons a couple different reasons to to keep Josh honest but maybe 
to tell oppo opposing team or you know teams that might have interest in kind of Falefa that you're gonna have to pay a lot because he's gonna be our third baseman when sure when that's not entirely true but uh it it is, it is disappointing because you know we've kind of gotten to know Josh a little bit and it's time to it's time to see see him see him play but we're gonna have to be on hold for a while yep and speaking of that, so, I mean, I think everyone thinks that the obvious choice is Isaiah Kanafalefa just takes takes over. Now, as you're starting, I mean, this is a gold glover in 2020 coming back. It's an easy slide in. But I tell you what, I, I've said this. People think I'm crazy. I mean, the price really went up now. If someone's ready to blow the doors off the Rangers and say, we really need Isaiah, um, you've got, you have to listen. I mean, you have to listen to that since you're not planning on winning the West this year. Yeah, and I, I think – I don't even, yeah, I don't know that the doors necessarily have to be blown off. Um, you know, again, it goes to the, what, what the team is, is not going to be a playoff team. They're not expecting to be in the playoffs. No. Um, now, they're in the car. <clears throat> now, now, one thing that I think could happen um, is that they look externally. Um, and, and, you know, I think Chris Bryant, I've been on the Chris Bryant bandwagon for a while uh, because he can then become your left fielder. Sure. He can play third base this year, become your left fielder. Sure. If, if, if things don't work out with Nathaniel Lowe, Chris Bryant can become your first baseman. I mean, yep. there are a lot of possibilities there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the price is going to be high, um, maybe higher than, than uh, the, the Rangers want at this point. Um, but again, they, they've got more money to spend next off season too. And I think that's kind of being held in reserve for, for pitching in case the, it's a rough year on the prospect side, but, um, I, I really like that, you know, and, and then your guy say Suzuki, he's a former third baseman in Japan. Yeah, That's something you brought up too. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that looks like, but, um, it might look good for a year, you know, uh, especially if you can get something of value for kind of Falefa. Um, you know, you can always find a, a utility guy. The Rangers have enough utility guys. And it's not like Marcus Simeon sits a lot. You know, Corey Seager's had injury trouble, but um, yep. he, you know, when he's healthy, he's very good. So there, there are a lot of ways they can go about this. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be kind of fleffa and that's it. No, and look, and Chris Woodward plays who hits, and Andy Abanez, I mean, he's not your ideal choice to play third base, but he can. Did it 10 games last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and look, his bat. His bat has got more power than, than the counter Falefa. He's second half of last year was fantastic. But there's different options, too. There are trade options. And I think if you're going a trade route, you're not going for somebody. I, look, if you if if counter Falefa, if someone brings something they like and they trade counter Falefa, there are some cheap options during of a trade that you might could bring someone in that you just see as a fill-in for now that could move somewhere. Edwin Rios or somebody from the Dodgers who's kind of displaced right now. He's, he was injured last year, but he's played third and first. Somebody that could be a complimentary bat. You can go free agency. You've got some guys on minor league deals, Culberson, Holt, who you could bring in to do exactly what they did last year. Uh, feel, mm-hmm. feel a need until it's ready to go. Someone like a Mikel Franco, who he's a free agent. He might come in on yeah. a minor league deal. Um, something like that that you can do, that's if you get something done in a trade with Connor Falefa. There's ways to go to fill that spot because Young is obviously who you have for the future. Yeah, and, you know, um, the minor league guys probably aren't quite ready to start the season. Davis Wenzel right. uh, among them. Um, sure, an apostle. You know, maybe, maybe Justin Foscue, maybe Ezekiel Duran. Uh, they're just not ready yet. And right. uh, Chris Young said as much 
yesterday. I mean, he's not, he's not able to talk about major leaguers, but he can answer minor league questions. And he spoke to that a little bit. Right. Um, but you know, maybe by the end of the end of the year, all-star break, um, you know, all, all of those guys, uh, well, except for Duran, but the three of the three of, uh, Foscu, Wenzel and Apostle were injured last year. were short on at bats. Um, you know what, but Foscu finished at double a Duran, finished at high a i know he played in the they both played in the fall league so maybe that's a little more advanced but yep but still you know <clears throat> they have some seasoning to get and and truth be told you don't necessarily want to move justin foskey right now off of second base permanently sure um he still has there's there are teams that would probably like him as a second baseman you know if if the rangers were to to, to make a trade and strike a deal and um so, you know, if you take him, if you take him off of his strength right now, are you, are you lessening his value? And so I, I think that you'll see him play third. I think he's doing it now in Arizona uh, during workouts, but I think that he'll spend the most of his time at second base and um, you know, who yeah. knows, maybe Marcus Simeon is, isn't an Ironman this year and they need, and they need a guy like, like Foscue, but yeah. Um, I mean, this is all all down the road, but yeah. again, <laughs> a lot a lot of problems have been created by this Josh Young injury. Yeah, it's opened a lot of situations. Look, hey, let me tell you what. So, you know, there there were there were talks of you know that the Rangers would sign one big shortstop that was out there, or one, and they wouldn't sign two. Um, mm-hmm. And so they filled that. That surprised all of us. They're, they've, they've not been afraid to spend money. They've said they want to play at the top of the market. They're not afraid to spend again. I mean, look, it was not even in my thought process after those two, but there's also a guy named Trevor Story sitting out there who could – now, I doubt they're going to go that high on any more free agents. Yeah. That's a lot to spend. But, I mean, come on. I mean, they've, they've kind of floored us now. I think we, uh, we all thought Seager was a pipe dream. I mean, we, we, we were all leaning towards Story, was probably the hometown guy coming back. But, right. And, right. and, look, it, it, it would really have to be a big commitment – to do that, but that's a guy that could move off a third eventually too. You know, when when uh, Young's yeah. ready to go, um, he could play some outfield. Maybe he moves to first base. Um, you know, if they do something like that, that I'm, look, I'm throwing that out. I'm the fan going out there going. I like to spend the money I don't have. But uh, there, no, there's different there, the free agent market. There are Chris, Chris Bryant fits perfectly. He's right. going to be expensive, but he fits perfectly. Um, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, uh, maybe you know Don, Donnie Ecker, the the new bench coach slash offensive coordinator had him for a couple months with San Francisco. Yeah, so exactly. maybe, maybe there's something there that, that Donnie likes, or maybe there's something there that Donnie doesn't like. I don't know, but sure. um, it, w- it would seem that <clears throat> given the circumstances, um, given that Bryant doesn't have a qualifying offer, that, that's, that's first and foremost, given that he's versatile, which is the, the kind of thing the Rangers like, he makes, he makes a ton of sense. Uh, but it, yep. it's, it'll be a price tag thing and maybe there's something else. Um, but again, and, and, you know, does losing Josh Young for six months to a year necessitate a seven year contract for Chris Bryant? I, and I, that I, I don't know that either, but yeah, it's definitely, there's a lot more on the table than there was uh, January 31st. You know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely a lot different now. You know, here's a name too that 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 uh, the Rangers were sort of in on last year, um, who who is sort of expendable for another team. That they there have been some talk that maybe they would look to move him. Uh, 
Ha Seong Kim out of uh, out of the Padres, who also is a third baseman. They also have Jerickson Profar, who they don't have right now in their lineup. Yes, I know these aren't, but I'm, we're talking that they're affordable. Uh, ha Seong Kim didn't sign for a huge contract, more of a little bit below what Seiya is probably going to get um, coming out of there uh, in a lineup that's. You know, look, he struggled a little bit. He's got some pop, but he played some third base too. Um, you know, look, there's all kinds of – but, man, if this dad gum strike would get over or this whole lockout, I mean, yeah. this is – God, there's so many places to go here. Well, that's kind of it. We're just throwing shit on a wall and seeing what's sticking. And <laughs> Me more than uh, anybody. <laughs> you know, but, I mean, they're, they're – I think they're legitimate possibilities, though. I mean, you know, and if – who knows what comes out of the CBA, you know, if if – if for some reason the qualifying offers were suspended immediately and, and nobody had compensation attached that who's left unsigned, yeah. which I don't see happening, but I mean, Nick Castellanos came up as a third baseman. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're just, there are a lot of things, right? Yeah. I mean, let's not, let's not get too crazy here, but just saying um, there's, endless possibilities that we can throw, throw darts, throw darts at. I'm not, I'm telling you, they, they the, the Rangers could legitimately spend into contention and they're not going to, cause I still, they, they've got such a stacked. I mean, the best way to be a contending team is to have a, a minor league system that is full of major league talent. Uh, that, right. That's cause it's the depth. You gotta have the depth. If, if an injury, an injury can't derail your season. Um, and so that's, that's what they've built, but God, they really could free agent wise. They could go spend another seventy million, and and good lord, it'd be a stacked lineup. I, the Chris yeah. Bryant thing is even more intriguing to me. I've been a Saya <clears throat> fan the whole time. Saya, kind of in a Chris, a cheaper version of Chris Bryant, in my opinion. If he does play third base, which he did a little bit, I did see that. Um, but as a left fielder, but good lord, this team could go so many places. Sure, and you know, to, to your point about having a farm system, you need you need young guys who are in arbitration to help balance the budget so to speak and right um you know allow you to go get a piece um that you need at a deadline or absolutely in the case of a spring training injury to a, a, a real good player you know and there's a guy out there you can go get you go get them and it's because you have the financial flexibility that's afforded by these guys who are in the the you know pre-arb and arbitration system and um i mean that's <clears throat> That, that that's still going to be most of the Rangers roster. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and that's not a bad thing as long as they develop and become quality, quality players. So, um, and, and I think, you know, like I said, if the, if the pitching prospects make progress this year and look like they can be counted on at some point next year, I think, I think the money that the Rangers have coming onto the coming off the books next year, Anderson and Odor Right. Um, that's, that's 20, $28 million that, that the Rangers are going to have freed up. That'll buy you a nice pitcher if you need one or a good position player. If, if something happens, but, um, you know, I think, I think while the, the magnitude of the young news, uh, is enormous right now because it is, it is news. It is news that affects the major league roster, right. uh, in an off season in which for two months now there hasn't been news, you know, that it, it's a little bit magnified, but, um, so, so maybe that's why we're <clears throat> throwing all this stuff out. But I think, um, you know, ultimately the easiest thing is Kyer Falefa and it makes the most sense. So it's the cheapest uh, and, way. And, 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 and then look, you know, spring training, <clears throat> once the lockout ends, is going to be nuts because there's going to be, uh, 
free agency trades rule five draft there, there might be <clears throat> excuse me there might be guys who have um uh, international players who have trouble with their visas and who are late to camp i mean it, it's <clears throat> the roster is going to be in flux right probably for for two weeks <clears throat> and so if you have one less headache being isaiah kind of fluffer playing third base for you right you know maybe that just makes things a lot easier uh overall on the team and keeping the flow going and trying to have a sense of normalcy when you're not trying to put kind of fluff in then sign a guy or put him in and trade him and sign a guy right you know it'd be a lot of moving pieces and um there's still there's still going to be a lot to get to cram into a four-week bag here and um you know yep Maybe if you can minimize minimize what your your to do list beforehand, um, and just go with Connor Fluff, it could could really help things out. Sure. And so, where where are you sitting now? Do you think this still gets done? I mean, we, we've the CBA. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, they put the hard deadline now on from Monday. Yeah, I think there's four more days until the the hard deadline, right? And again, everything gets done in baseball at the deadline. Everything. Uh, they met, they've met four straight days. They're going to meet f- tomorrow, which is Friday, the 25th. Right. So they're going to meet, they're going to meet tomorrow for a fifth straight day. Um, there's been minimal movement by either side, but you know, what, what were enormous gaps are now just really big gaps. You know, I mean, there, there's still a lot of work to do, but there's been movement toward the middle, which is important. Um, and, and the fact that they're continuing to meet is important. Right. Uh, I think that the player side today, there were, it was like a group of 25 people. Uh, more owners have come in. So as it gets closer, there's a, there is a more of a sense of urgency. It looks frustrating because not a lot's getting done, but they still have 72 hours, 96 hours uh, to come up with something. And at that point, <clears throat> you know, let's say it happens on the 28th. Yeah. Uh, they they think they can turn it turn it out turn it around and and you know be in camps on the second or third. Uh, again, it's going to be a logistical nightmare, but they think they can do it. And um, uh, you know the word the word I got from a Rangers official was it would be a shit show, but it would get done. Right. And, and they could, they could start a camp. And again, it's not like these guys have just been sitting at home with their thumbs in their rears. They've been working out, doing things. Right. Since, you know, November one, probably some, some maybe got the itch before then, you know, pitchers have been off mounds beginning in December. So it's, it's not like they're coming to camp to get in shape. They're in shape. They're built up. They just need to go through the motions and get some at bats, get, get honestly, this is the legit thing. Get used to having cleats on. Yeah. Really? That's a no, that, yeah, that is. And, and, and um, <clears throat> you know, so that can all, that can all still happen. It can all still happen and they can still do this without losing any games. And, and on it, you know, again, just with the, the, the long held understanding that things always happen at the deadline, this has a, this still has a chance to get done in time. And for you and me to plan our happy butts in my Tahoe and, and drive there. So. <laughs> get rolling. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's the problem. So we're, we're, we're trying to get this thing on a roll here where we can do it. And, uh, it just, it, it's frustrating on, on, on our end to, to see this done. I want to get out there too. And, uh, you know, so, um, 
Well, I tell you what, let's get Cam on here. Um, was there anything else before we go to Cam? No, I, I think we've covered everything we can cover at this point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, the big news of the week was Josh Young. We've addressed where we think that there's different ways they can do it. Uh, now yeah. let's get Cam Colley on here. He's going to join us from Arizona. All right, and joining us now from the on the Texas Rangers baseball podcast hotline all the way from Surprise, Arizona. He's in the, the uh, complex there. It's Texas Ranger infielder Cam Colley. He was the third-round pick last year. Cam, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How are y'all doing? We're doing real good. Um I wish we were in Arizona. I don't know if you're, and I, I know that Houston and Dallas Fort Worth are four hours apart, but I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that your parents aren't having the best of weather right now either, but it's, I don't think it got above freezing here today. So I know, I know it's not great in Arizona or what Arizona weather is supposed to be, but we would rather be with you. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so what'd you do today? Uh, today we, uh, did a little bit of everything, went out there and, uh, did some infield work, um, hitting the cages, did our routine, and then uh, we got to hit on the field and uh, just trying to get ready for a long season. Did you uh, – there, was there live batting practices today or no? Uh, there wasn't any live today. I think uh, I think we'll start up tomorrow, but the pitchers – we were supposed to do them yesterday, but with the rain we had here, which yeah. is unusual because usually it's not rain in Arizona, uh, I think they rescheduled it. So I think we're either doing it tomorrow or Saturday. So we'll get some more of those in. All right. Uh, so how, how long have you been in Arizona? I know there's a ton of minor leaguers there. When did you, when did you get to town? Um, I reported for this mini camp the 20th. So I came in Sunday and we started this uh, whole thing up uh, this Monday. Okay. So were you working out at home this, this off season? Where, where, where were you? Yes, sir. I just did my training and uh, baseball work at my high school um, down in Barbers Hills. So, I did all my training and uh, baseball just on my local high school field and uh, my lo- local high school uh, weight room. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I guess you have a coach in the family. Is he? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> is a dear old dad out there hitting you, hitting your fungos and stuff like that? Yes, sir. He got to go do that, throw me some BP, and uh, got to see me do some work. So it was cool getting to do it with him. How's his arm these days? I know he's a college pitcher, right? At yeah. TCU, pitching the minors. Does he still yeah. bring it? Uh, yeah, he, he, he can sometimes bring it up. I think he's getting a little old. Hopefully he doesn't hear this, but uh, he, he can still do the job. So he uh, he helps me a lot. Does he just throw fastballs or can he spin it? Can he throw you a curveball or a changeup or does he mix it up? Uh, yeah, he actually has a pretty pretty mean slider. So whenever I want to work some off speed, he can he can throw those things in there pretty good. Well, I hope he ices up. I mean, I- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he he was at he was at TCU before I was at TCU, so yes, sir. And I know how old I am. All right, so um, you know I, I I know body parts don't recover like they used to. I can tell you that much. Yeah, totally. So so what were you working on specifically after you had your your first taste there in in the complex league? What what were your off season goals to improve upon? Yeah, so after the season, I got to learn a lot of from my successes and also my failures. Uh, it was a good time out there. So just getting back home, uh, really toning in on what me and the coaching staff and hitting directors and all that saw from film um, and just toning in those little things, trying to be more simple uh, and just be easy and just pretty much hit the ball hard. Is it, what was your swing too long? Was it not, were you not, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a hitting coach. So you tell me. 
Yeah, uh, not really too long. Just at certain points trying to do too much. Um, you know, being young, I tried to go out there and uh, kind of do too much at certain times. So trying to just hone in and stay within myself um, and just be me and go do what I do. All right. So I was there. I was there for instructs for uh, like four days. And I, I only talked to you briefly, but I, I watched you take batting practice. And for one round, you batted left-handed. And I was just wondering if that was for the heck of it or if, or if switch hitting is, is, a, is a thought or, or what? Uh, kind of just the heck of it. I mean, usually growing up, I've always messed around hitting lefty. Uh, I like to go out there and just try to see how far I can hit it. So, And I, I kind of <laughs> like doing it because it stretches – uh, my back out just you're always used to hitting righty yeah. and your body parts are always used to going one way so it never hurts to turn around go on the other side of the plate and try something new so i just like doing it for fun all right i thought i thought we might have been on a well I had a little scoop here yeah <laughs> that's, that's cool though man. And, and you looked fine i mean you're you're driving the ball into the outfield yeah. it's not like yeah. you're barely getting it back to the pitcher so <laughs> you knew what you're doing so that's good um so for for the, the the folks who who may not know a lot about you, um, how would you describe yourself as a player? I know I, I mean I know you're fast. I know you're a natural shortstop. Uh, you're going to grow into some power. So, but what what's what's your scouting report on you? Yeah. Um. First of all, just I know the game very well. Um. I'm just a natural baseball player. Um. Defensively, I can make all the routine plays. Just do it a natural. Uh, professional baseball player does, but I can also make some pretty, pretty good plays uh, on the defensive side. And then hitting, um, I have some pop here and there, but mainly I just try to stay uh, in the gaps, try to hit the ball on the line, and let my speed around the bases uh, show, and try to score some runs for my team. Okay, uh, I mean, I mean, you 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 were a you were committed to Texas Tech. We we, we know that and. Uh, John's going to ask you about your, your dazzling football career a little bit later, but, uh, I mean, it seems like you're just like a good athlete. Yes, you, sir. I don't, I don't I don't want you to brag about yourself, but <laughs> I mean, is that, that, that's safe to say you're, you're kind of an athletic guy who can play up the middle. Uh, yeah, I guess I would say that I'm pretty, I'm pretty athletic. Brad. Now, now the, the, <laughs> as you're probably well aware, the Rangers signed a shortstop. In the offseason, yeah. and yeah. I know, I know, I know you and Corey <laughs> Seager are years apart, but uh, have, have have they have the Rangers said anything to you about maybe trying another position, um, center field, somewhere else in the infield, or or do they just want you to focus on shortstop right now? Yeah, uh, I know they moved a couple guys in the outfield um, and just letting them get working, but for me right now, I'm just sticking at short and just playing up the middle. Um, I guess uh, they just want me to stay right there for now. But uh, for me, if I can just get in the lineup anyway, it doesn't matter where I play. As long as I uh, can uh, help my team out and help us score runs and win games, uh, I'm all for it. So uh, it's really cool to have two guys like that come to our organization with the, how good they are and the seasons they produce. Uh, it's really cool to have two superstars in our organization now. Yeah, for sure. And it says a lot about – where the organization thinks it is. I mean, you know, yes, sir. you're ready to contend, feel good about the depth in the minor leagues with, with you, with you part of it. So, um, man, it's, I can see how people would think it might be a negative for you, but I, yeah. I think it's a, it's a positive, right? Yeah. 
Totally. Yeah. Um, so you, you talk about you're trying to get ready for a full season. And, mm-hmm. and when I talked to you in, in September, you were talking about how you're kind of adjusting to the grind and, and it was mm-hmm. like the, the complex leagues, a shortened season. What did, what did you learn from that though, that you're going to be able to take to, um, if you end up, go to down East or, or wherever you end up? Yeah. Um, just kind of to stay, uh, on the mindset, just stay on like a level playing field. Um, don't get too high or too low. It's a long season. So one day, one week, you might go four for 14 next week. You'll go 14 for 14. It's just a long season and baseball is baseball. So just stay level and just play the game and compete. And uh, just really for me not to put too much pressure on myself uh, being young and this will be my first full season. Uh, just go out there and have fun and be me and just do what I always do. And I think uh, the rest will all do itself out. And uh, I'm just, re- I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I mean, uh, the mental, the mental grind, people just don't realize it. It's not just going out and playing baseball every day. Yeah. It's highs, it's lows, it's bus rides, it's oh, yeah. bad food. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff you're dealing with. So yeah, um, it, it's it's going to be interesting. And, and and you know, I mean, it was the first time you were away from home. I mean, I, mm-hmm. yes, sir. You're becoming a you're you're becoming an adult here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you you were, you were home for the off season. Um, how much contact though did you have with the team? Were they checking in regularly with you? Did you have a workout plan? What was what was that like? Yeah, uh, the staff did a really good job with that. Uh, almost like every week or month, I would get a phone call and get to talk to them, and they would check in on me, see how my workout were doing, how my body was feeling, uh, how much weight I was putting on. So uh, the all season was good, and they communicated well with us. Um, I know when. I think it was December. Uh, we got to go to a little hitters camp, so I finally got to meet uh, some older guys and mm-hmm. meet the top prospects in the in the org and get to talk with them and uh, kind of pick things up that they do and that they like to do and just kind of like talk to them on how their first season went and how when they came in, uh, what they did that was good, what they didn't like, and just kind of what they all do so I can just pick up some points and go from there and just what they tell me has has helped a lot. Okay. Uh, did, did, uh, with your Texas tech ties, did you and Josh Young get a chance to talk? Yeah, we got to talk about it. We got to, uh, talk about some Texas tech things and uh, it was pretty cool getting to talk to him about certain stuff. So it was fun. All right. So I'm going to have to jump in real quick. Jeff has dogs and his wife's probably uh, coming home real quick. Hey, let me ask you this. You said they were talking about your weight. Are they trying to get you to gain weight and they want you to see you put on a few pounds? Yeah, uh, I mean, I came in at uh, – when I got drafted, I came in in Arizona for rookie ball around 165. And uh, I knew that that wasn't a good weight. I knew that uh, I needed to put some pounds on. So, this offseason, I really honed in on eating right, uh, working out good, uh, and just really making sure my body feels good. And I put on uh, a good 10 pounds, 11 pounds. I went from 165 to – I got up to 180 in the off season. And now I'm sitting at 176 to 177. So what are you, I'm coming in this year. Is that where you want to stay? You want to stay at 175 right around there? Yes, sir. Uh, right now I'm just like 176, uh, 175. So I like the way I feel right now and then uh, just the way my body feels. So this, I feel like this is a good weight right now. I got about 30 I can give you if you need it. I mean, I, if you need it, I've got it. I would love it. I would love to have it. I, I take you weren't just eating ice cream and, and drinking sodas, though, to put on this weight. Oh. No, sir. I was just Healthy eating weight. good. 
Yes, sir. Our nutrition uh, department helped me a lot with that on the right food to eat. So they hooked us up. I, I know in foot, like in football, you know, it, you know, you got to lift a lot of weights, but uh-huh. it's a lot different for baseball, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's a lot different. Um, we kind of just do uh, baseball specific workouts that uh, really show on the field. Uh, Cause I know a lot of guys uh, go in the weight room and they, don't really do baseball workouts. They kind of just go in there and try to get buff, get strong. Uh, but bodybuilding is not uh, going to work on the baseball field. So uh, so our, uh, our strength department really helps us on that and gives us a good workout plan to do. And uh, it's, it's helped me a lot with my body, and it's uh, showed on the field a little bit too. Well, you know, the, the shoulder has so many small little ligaments and muscles and and – you know, it doesn't take much to aggravate it. Like you can literally yeah. five pounds for your shoulder exercises and you're, you're getting a good workout. And I, I remember yeah. seeing tweets like from Brandon Crawford, who, who said like some guy was laughing at him in the gym. Cause he was doing like a five, five pounds was all he was doing. And Brandon Crawford was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a professional baseball player. This is, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm not in pass exactly. protection. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think our dog has calmed down. So, uh, but John, go ahead and go ahead and, and, and hop in and, and start asking the fun stuff. Now yeah. Yeah. My, mine's a little more fun. So, you know, as a also stellar multi-athlete, uh, <laughs> that when I played, I'm kidding, but you went to, uh, Hey, how big is, how big is Barber Hills? Um, we are a five A. So in Texas, it goes up to six A Yeah, and we are, we are five A. Okay, so you're second to top class. I, I'm I'm from Duncanville. Uh, that's where I played. Oh, yes, way, I'm I'm not be your dad's age. I don't know. I'm way back in '86, yeah. so I don't know how yeah. old, how old your dad is. You played football. Did you play your senior year? Did you play football? Um, I did not play my senior year. You knew baseball was where to go. So, yes, sir. All right. So I got to ask you this: uh, Did you play any other sports, or was it just baseball and football? Um, I played uh, basketball too. Also, did you play your senior year of basketball? Um, I stopped playing basketball after my freshman year, um, just because the basketball season went into baseball and, uh, I didn't really like missing, uh, much of baseball just because I wanted to be with the team and just get that camaraderie. Okay. So I gotta ask you this. So how many years were you on varsity in football? Uh, I was on varsity two years. My freshman year, I was on JV Uh and then from sophomore year to junior year, I was, uh, on varsity. Okay. Now you guys, there's this website called Huddle where you go in and you watch the Huddle vi- videos and all of that. How many touchdowns did you score in high school? Um, my junior year, I scored 16 uh, receiving touchdowns. Okay, uh, I'm still I'm still kind of bitter on those two games that I missed because I feel like I could have reached the 20 uh, 20 mark, <laughs> but I guess 16 is pretty good for one year. That's that's fantastic. I was a wide receiver also, uh, but I was uh, slow. I was little and slow. So I was about your size, believe it or not. You're a little bit taller, but I I only weighed about 150 pounds soaking wet in my uniform back then. Um, I guess the offenses are a little different too, John. I, I'm, yeah. I spread it out there at Duncanville. Yeah, Even though well, you had a great quarterback. Yep, we did. David Nee was good. The run and shoot, they kind of had – it was kind of starting that. That was kind of a okay. new thing that we implemented. We did throw a little bit. I scored – you know, I scored probably in high school altogether, probably scored about 20 touchdowns. That was it. But, uh, you know, not a lot my senior year. When you got an all-state running back, you I, I was just kind of a, a split guard. I went downfield and blocked a lot. Yeah. That's what I did. Clear out. Okay. Were you recruited in football at all? Um, I mean, my high school coaches told me that I had interest from uh, certain colleges, but 
I mean, in the back of my mind, me and my family knew that baseball was where I wanted to be. And at that time, I've already I already had uh, a n- number of college interests and offers from teams. So uh, I think like once I got uh, into my sophomore year, I knew uh, baseball was where I wanted to be. Okay, now let me ask you this. You committed to Tech. Everyone knows that. You, the Rangers signed you away from Tech. Was there any other schools you were considering? Um, at the time, uh, not really. Uh, I, I had a really good connection with Coach Tadlock. Um, he was just so good to me and so good to my family. And once I went on my visit to Lubbock, uh, it just felt like home. Uh, Did you commit your junior have, year or senior year? Uh, my junior year. So I – Actually, my sophomore year, I was committed to U of H, uh, University of Houston. And um, going into my junior year, uh, just something, just certain things didn't feel right. So I just wanted to open up my recruitment and just make sure that where I was going to college was going to be a good place. And uh, I went to Lubbock and just fell in love with it. Did any other Big 12 or SEC schools make offers to you or offer you? Um, I talked to Baylor a little bit and then just a couple other schools. Small, smaller time, but- schools maybe or – Yes, sir. Okay. So, okay. Now, you were drafted in the third round. Okay. How did you find out you're drafted? This is always an interesting question to me. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my draft story is pretty it's pretty cool. Um, so, going into the draft, uh, me and my agent knew that at the time it was anywhere between the second and third round that I was going to have a shot. And um, after the second round, uh, we got a couple offers, but uh, I just didn't. We, Me and my family and my agent didn't feel like it was the – the right fit and um we go into the third round and uh i think it was after the first pick uh, i saw the rangers on the board and um i got a phone call out of nowhere uh from my agent and they said um the rangers are going to pick you here um they don't have a money line on you yet but we'll give you whatever you need and whatever you want and uh as soon as i hang up the phone i look up on the tv and then i see my name getting called my whole family starts going crazy. Uh, I'm just in shock just how quick it happened. And just from there, I knew that I wanted to be in the Rangers organization and everything uh, worked out. Everyone was excited except Texas Tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Hey, so yeah. what other teams did you feel might take you? I mean, I guess there's a point where you know teams are scouting you. Was there anybody else yes, you had sir. taught? Did you, know the, did you know the Ranger scout that was scouting you? Uh, yes, sir. Josh, I went to it was Josh Simpson, and then I also went to a uh, early camp with the Rangers, and I showed out pretty well there. So I knew I had a shot with them. And uh, but other teams, um, the Mets, the Royals, the Twins, um, the Reds, uh, a couple more teams. But uh, really, we were just uh, honing in on a couple. I can't remember them right now, just because I just remember the Rangers picking me. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a handful of them. There's a handful. So Mount Mount Bellevue, is that near Houston? Uh, yes, sir. It's about 30 minutes east of downtown Houston. Okay. So did you grow up an Astros fan? Um, I never really grew up a MLB fan, like uh, a t- in like team-wise. I never really was a diehard team fan. I kind of like just liked watching players, and if they were playing that night, I would go watch them just because uh, growing up I would always like – Watch Brandon Crawford, for instance. It was funny how y'all mentioned that. I just <laughs> loved the way he fielded. And then uh, as I got into high school, I loved watching Trey Turner and Dan Swanson. Wow. Okay. That's pretty interesting. You know, it's weird. But I guess, I guess unlike people our age, Jeff, today they have access to get all the games, and they can do it. So if you find a player you like, you can yeah. go watch. Whereas sure. we really had 
here in in uh, you know growing up in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex, it was just the Rangers, unless it was yeah. you know the <laughs> Sunday night game or whatever they had going on. Um, okay, so let me ask you this: When did you first realize you had a chance to get drafted? Were you a junior or sophomore? Were you playing in some of those perfect games or anything like that? Yes, Were sir. You, is that yes, when sir. you? Um, I I kind of I had a feeling so. Once COVID hit, um, I really went hard in the weight room and got strong and really because I knew I had a shot of uh, my dream has always been to get drafted and be in pro ball and make it to the show. Um, so I wanted to try it out. And um, my junior year, I went to a baseball factory showcase uh, to try to make it to Wrigley. And I showed out really well there. And then it was really the PG National game uh, showcase. I showed there well, and that's when a couple – team started to gain interest and then what really put me on the on the market was uh area code down in uh over in atlanta georgia yeah um i showed out really well and got on the top team for hitting and all that and then that from just there on i just got i think almost every team but one called me and i just got to know all the scouts so it was cool and that's like pretty much when i knew uh that i had a shot so you could look up when you this is something i would never experience because i just wasn't Good enough athlete, but so when you would play a high school game, you noticed in the stands there were scouts. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, during BP, uh, I, I wouldn't like to do it that much just because I would like to focus on the game and just winning the the game pretty much for my team. But usually after every round, I'll take a peek over uh, in the stands. There'll be a there'll be a pretty good few of scouts, probably usually around like five to ten. But there are sometimes where it looked like there was every team at the game, so. That that moment was a lot of fun. That's great. Did anybody else on your team get scouted at all too? Um, two of my best friends, uh, not not for pro ball as much, but uh, they had they had some college interest, and uh, I think uh, my friend named Simon, um, he he can hit it pretty well. So some scouts uh, really liked his swing, and uh, they're both at a junior college in Temple, Texas, yeah, and they're they're doing their thing there. Great. Okay. They'll still get another chance. Okay, so your dad, I see your dad's one of the assistant coaches, not only in football, but he's also in, in baseball. What's it like at the high school level playing for your, your dad? Is that pretty cool that your dad's one of the one of the? I mean, look, I've coached, coached for years, coached my own kids. I tended to be a little more hard on my own kids. Was your dad yeah. that way? He knew he could chew your butt out more than he could the others. Yeah. Y'all go home and eat yeah. dinner and hug each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh... It was so cool playing for him. I mean, that's like not many people get to experience that getting to play for your dad. Um, but when he he would he would, he was hard on me when I was like a freshman and sophomore and a little bit as a junior. But once I got into my senior year, um, he kind of like eased off a little bit and just try kind of let me go do my thing and have fun out there because he's never been a a real guy to rag on you and scream at you and embarrass you in front of other people. He just kind of lets you go do your thing. But after the game, if you mess up or you don't play the game the right way and you don't hustle, uh, he'll let me know it. So <laughs> he always made sure I got there and play hard. Yeah, that's the one. Hey, I, when I said I would get on my son, and, and, and I'll tell you what, my son was the one I could do it to. He, he would brush it right off. It was never embarrassing, and it was always about something that was just – you're not doing it the right way. That's yeah. not how you're jacking exactly. around. Quit jacking around. Okay. You're going to get someone hurt. Okay. So did he give you any advice, any advice about pro ball? He was, in uh, the pro, yeah. he was in the pros for minor leagues for a few years, right? Yes, sir. He was, um, he really just kind of explained to me, uh, cause his experience in 
pro ball was a little different than mine. Back then, they didn't really have it so good as we did. Uh, their pay wasn't good. Their housing wasn't good. So it was rough. Um, and he, I don't think he really knew how pro ball was now just because he hasn't been around it in a while. Just He's been with me and my other two brothers. Right. So, uh, I mean, he, he gave me a lot of info and uh, helped me through the whole draft process and just pretty much let me know and uh, inform me on how it was going to be. So his input uh, helped me out a lot in the, in the whole process. Okay, we're getting down to the fun part, the, the last few fun parts, but I, I'm playing a different game with you. I play a game called the home run game. We are going to play that. But i got to play the TD game. So the TD game, what is your most – it's going to be a little different. On the home runs, it's three different home runs. On the TD game, tell me your most exciting TD you scored. Was it a game winner at the end of a game? What, what's your most exciting TD you had in high school? If you guys don't ever know, this guy's a wide receiver, and he was, he was blowing by people. Um, is it okay if I give two? Cause sure, absolutely. I, yeah. Um, I'd probably say runner-up would be in district. It was our game deciding whether or not we win district. And uh, P&G, Port Angeles Grove, the first quarter they go down, they drive down, and uh, they they shove it down our defense, and they score uh, quick. And uh, we we got there. Um, it's third and third and two on our own forty, and. Uh, I see that our coach gives me my favorite route, a corner, and I run it. And it's not looking too promising that I'll uh, be able to catch this ball because it looks out of bounds. And I go reach out, and I one-hand it into the corner of the end zone. Uh, and I got my, got my toe in, and uh, that, that scene was pretty cool, just how crazy our fans went. And I think that kind of gave us some momentum, and we went on to win that game. That's on the huddle. So that, I think that's a huddle highlight. Yeah, it's, I think it's my first highlight. So. Yeah, it is. That, that it looks like it, it looks like you're out of bounds, but you yeah, you go yeah. with one hand and get it. Yeah. Yes, sir. What's and the then, other one? And, uh, the second one would probably be round two at NRG Stadium. Um, cool. It was seven to seven, I think, in the second quarter, and I ran a little dig route, and I took it to the house for eighty yards, and just how loud our fans got because our community was so big and uh, just supported us very well. After I went to the end zone, how loud our fans were! It was just—it was such a cool moment. That's that's well, awesome. Then, to do it, to do it at a you know yeah, at a pro a, stadium. stadium. Yeah, that was that was cool. Yeah, that's that's neat. I, I, they I, I don't and and people you're going to meet a lot of different athletes when you're playing pro ball who played some high yeah. school in football. They don't understand what we played in front of in high school. It's just a different yeah. atmosphere. Yeah, now, Texas, Texas football is, is different. It is. You're playing in front of – it was not anything to play in front of 10,000 people, and they don't see stuff yeah. like that up north. Yeah. And it is pretty yeah. wild. Even if there's only seven or 8,000, you, you catch a pass yeah. across the middle and it come up. It loud. Yeah, it can get loud. It's pretty – and the bands yeah. are playing. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. one of my favorite for all the all the hitters, the guys that play the field. It's called the home run game. We're going to talk about three home runs, okay? First one, first home run, the very first home run you ever hit over a fence. How old were you, and where was it? Um, I remember this. I was 10 years old in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, okay. It was, it was on a – it was on a backfield with a little t-ball field behind it. And uh, when I was younger, I was not a home run hitter at all. I was just a small, speedy guy. Right. And uh, bases, runners on first and second, we're down by two. And uh, the pitcher released me a fastball, and I hit it dead center over the fence and into the t-ball uh, field. And that was a pretty surreal moment because nobody was expecting it. I mean, I, don't, I wasn't even expecting it. So that, that home run was pretty cool. 
That's got to be neat. Okay, now your most exciting home run. Did you ever have a walk off or? Uh, It'll be hard uh, to top to, this one. Yeah, It'll to be what, hard to top that first one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one right there. But a walk off in high school, maybe a pro. You haven't played much pro, but it's probably most of these you're going to hit in high school. So uh, any any walk offs or anything like that? What's you might have a couple of them. What's a couple of your yeah. exciting ones? Um, I mean, one of the exciting ones was probably my first pro home run. It was an instructs. Uh, it was against a uh, top. Uh, pitching prospect from the Cleveland Indians and uh, I hit one out opposite field that cleared the fence pretty well so just hitting that pro one was pretty cool um, but high school one it was round two this past year in my senior year and it was game one um, my second at bat I hit a uh, first pitch curveball I hit a home run uh, left field uh, that was pretty cool and then right after that my next at bat um, fastball, left it up, and I think it was probably the farthest ball I've ever hit. Um, I hit it, pimped it a little bit, started walking, uh, and just pretty much hitting two home runs in one game was was surreal, and especially in the playoffs when every every pitch, every inning, every out counts, and just hitting two home runs to give our team momentum. Uh, that, that was cool. And two bonds back to back and back to back at bats. Well, and, and I think you've answered the third one. So the third one, and I think you just answered it is the bomb. Which one did you hit that the moment you hit it, you knew it. And how far do you think it went? It sounds like it was that second one. Was that the farthest yeah. one you've ever hit? Uh, I think it was, uh, how far do you think it went? Um, it, it definitely went 400 because the fence was 350 and less center field. And then there was a net probably about a hundred feet high and uh, it cleared the net. So it, it was a pretty, pretty good shot. Now, is that on any of your highlights? I see some of the high school highlights. I see that you did from when you were playing. I actually, play. I actually do have a video of it. I think if you go to my dad's Twitter, um, he actually posted both of the home runs and in the second clip, you can see me bat flipping it. So it, it was pretty oh. cool. <laughs> what did you think of the bat flip? <laughs> Uh, my dad, my dad is, is kind of likes it. He's, he's okay. old school in certain ways, but yeah, he feels like, uh, if a pitcher celebrates a strikeout, a hitter should be able to celebrate <laughs> doing it, doing good. It's the base, the world of baseball and the game has changed a little bit, uh, sure. just making it more exciting. So, I mean, as long as you're not being disrespectful, exactly. Or, yeah. I mean, if showing you up the pitcher, yeah, yeah, you, yeah so you I, guys, I think it's good. You guys won state. Correct. Uh, yes, sir. We were the first team to ever do it uh, in school history. So that that was probably the the funnest season I've ever had in my life. So playing with who two of my best friends, Simon and Rathen, Um we beat from the championship. The, uh, we beat Hallsville. Hallsville. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Okay. So now we get to <clears throat> your favorite food. What is your favorite food? Um, my favorite food. Like fast food or like homemade? Well, meals? we're going to ask that one too. But I mean, if you, you know, your favorite, I, I love food. steak or, you know, Mexican food. I love Italian. What do I, what do you love? Um, probably my, probably some, Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> you like food. Either, <laughs> either steak or probably a burrito from like Chipotle. Not, nothing beats those two right there. Chipotle is pretty popular with a lot of you guys. We've had a yeah. lot of minor leaguers on here. Lighter, <laughs> all of them. They seem to like, they, they seem to like the Chipotle. Now fast food joint. Does that mean Chipotle is probably your favorite fast food joint or what? what? It's either a close tie between Chipotle and Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chick I can eat both of those almost every day. 
What's your um, what's your go to at Chick Fil A? Chick Fil A, it's a grilled chicken club with Colby Jack cheese, um, <laughs> large fry, large Powerade with a medium mac and cheese on the side. Holy crap! That's my kids, man. They love the they love the Powerade. They love all of that. Yeah. Dang, that's good. They they love that one. Okay, what is your favorite home cooked meal, and who does it? Is your mom, grandma, who who cooks? Yeah. You? What's your favorite home cooked meal? Uh, I think if you ever uh, been to my house or you ever been around my family, everybody knows it's spaghetti. Uh, I think my mom and my dad, they both can make it. I think they make the best spaghetti. Uh, I think if anybody tried it, it could be famous in a restaurant. Uh, it's some guy. I, I could eat it every day. Uh, when they make it, I eat it the next day, even the day after, just from leftovers. That's how good it is to me. This kid lived my life. My mother used to make it by the gallon, and it was this big thing. I mean, it could feed 20, and we would eat on it for a week. Um, after yeah. now, now, does the meat sauce, is? does the sauce have meat in it? Mm-hmm. It does, like ground beef or yeah. something in it? Yeah. Yes, sir. Dude, all right. That's it. That's an easy one to make. Okay, last one. Now, these examples, Jeff and I have heard these examples. They're hysterical. It's what is something that nobody knows about Cam Colley. Let me give you a couple of examples. Okay. Jack, Jack Leiter cannot stand peanut butter. That That's kind of out there. I mean, he just, out of nowhere, he, he can't stand peanut butter. Another one, another very famous one, guy named Brock Burke. He's in the organization. He's up in AAA. He's a pitcher. Brock Burke walks around in his sleep. Now, if you get when you're around some of these guys, find some of his roommates on the road who will tell you wild stories about him getting up in the middle of the night, punching out pillows, yelling at the corners and stuff. What is something nobody knows about Cam Colley? Mm, I'm stumped. This is always stumped. They usually get something good though, and don't worry if you can't. I mean, it's not like you're going to fail a test. Uh, it's not something I really do now, but when I was younger, um, I used to be terrified, like completely terrified of rain and thunder and tornadoes and lightning. Um, it was it was it was bad. If there was any lightning storm or rain, I would, I'd be bawling, crying. Telling, I would think that my house is going to get blown away from the tornado because uh, I, I would I would watch movies and see tornadoes in Kansas happen. Yeah, and I thought they could happen down in Houston, but. Now that I'm old, I realize that there's no way a tornado can take my house away in Houston. <laughs> in and Houston. there's no way, no way lightning or th- especially thunder, no way thunder is going to kill me. So uh, just growing up with that, I was just terrified. Like I would, I would watch the, the news of my mom and I, when I would see rain and lightning on the, on the radar, I would just start crying and get super scared. It was, it was weird. How old were you when y'all grew that? 15, 16? Um, Last year, <laughs> probably. Uh, I think once I got into like seventh grade, eighth grade, I like started to understand. Like, man, I was stupid. There's no way any. Yeah, you were a kid like that. Sure. Yeah. Now you have brothers. Are they older? Uh, both my brothers are older. Yes, sir. I would have taken uh, so advantage of that cam if you're my little yeah, brother. Yeah, no. My, my my older brothers did. They. They they made fun of me. They made they made they even made the storms seem like they were worse. They they were they were telling me that the t- tornadoes were going to come take our house away and all that. So <laughs> it was they they would make it worse on me. That's the job of a big brother. That's I brotherly, was a big brother. Brotherly love, right there. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cam, this has been fantastic. Jeff, you got anything else before we let this I kid do. get back to I it? Do. Okay. Who who uh, who are your roommates at the village? 
Oh yeah. Um, my t- my two roommates that I'm always roomed with is uh, my man Ian Mahler and uh-huh. uh, Jojo Blackman. So okay, uh, I get the room with them, and we've come really close. Uh, them, my boys. So anytime I'm out somewhere or even at the field, uh, if y'all come out there, y'all see I'm always with one of them, just talking to them, laughing, making jokes. So th- those two are my boys right there. Yeah, and then for for those who have erased the memory of the draft from last year. They're both high school guys. Uh, yeah. Ian, Ian was, he's a catcher. He's a fourth round pick. And then Jojo's center fielder. I think he was the 11th round pick. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Jojo from Florida. Ian's from Iowa. Uh, yes, Ian's because he didn't play organized high school baseball this senior year. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's crazy. I, he, he also said that mm-hmm. he hasn't swung a metal bat since he was like 13 years old. Oh, wow. So, uh, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, that is crazy. And then my other question, <clears throat> your signing bonus was was hefty, you know, a million dollars. Did you did you splurge on any one gift for you or for your family or anything like that? Um for me, uh my weak point, uh, everybody knows this in my family, my friends, I love shoes. Um Uh-oh. I buy shoes. I'm I'm into Jordan's, Yeezys. Um, I'll, I've always been into it, uh, so pretty much I kind of, I kind of, I don't blow my money on that. But if it was to spend on something, uh, it's shoes. At least I'm not spending on something bad or doing dumb things on money. It's just a pair of shoes. So, but that's what I like to do with it, and I, I love wearing shoes. You get a, right. man, cool. you get some wear out of those anyway. So, yes, sir. Absolutely. Cam, it's been great having you on. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We're actually, Jeff and I are, depending on what happens with the the major league club, the CBA, we're going to be out there at some point. We'll be be out there. We'll come find you, say hi. Uh, I'll get a little plug for the the deal, but I I like to do it more with my phone. It's a little more clear and get that. But uh, so we may see you this week. We we have flights booked and all of that. We'll come out and say hi. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Jeff, one more thing before we get him out. Nope. Just uh, keep it up. Keep up the good yes, work. Sir. And, All right. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you next week. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. It was fun. Yep, yeah, that's it. Awesome. That's Cam Colley, infielder for the Texas Rangers, third-round pick in 2021. Yes, Cam, thanks, bud. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Y'all have a good day. You too. You too. All right, man. That's that's it. That's the end of it. Hey, what a great kid. I mean, yeah, another one. Right. We got another good one. Uh, he, he was raised right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Okay. And I, I can't stress this enough, guys. Go look up his football highlights. It, it, he's, he's an athlete. I mean, and, and I, look, I was pretty athletic. I was okay. I was pretty decent athlete. But I, nothing like this kid. I mean, this kid has speed up there. I never – I hit one home run in my whole life over a fence, and that's why I can tell you – that's why I love to play that story. When you do it only one time in your life, you know exactly mm-hmm. where it went and where you were, and I was a junior in high school. But, man – that that kid is that kid was a stud athlete, and if he can harness that in, that 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 kid will get. He was still some bases. Well, I I, th- I think he probably would have would have been really good at track. Um, just listening to what the scouts say about his speed, and and uh, you know, and um, the football highlights kind of kind of illustrate that. If you can if you can catch a ball and out outrun outrun guys in the playoffs eighty yards, then you know that there's some wheels there, and. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting to, you know, we've had, uh, you know, last week we had Justin Foscu, who is birthday is, uh, I think on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, he turns 24, I think anyway, 
you know, just kind of the spectrum here. There's five, five years apart between those two. Uh, you know, Justin is, he's not finished growing, but he's, you know, he's six feet, he's 200 plus pounds. He, right. you know, hits the ball a ton. You can tell he's had some, some life experiences and um, just because he went to college and, and things like that. And then you, you get a guy like Cam who um, great high school athlete, you know, had a chance to go to college, got, got paid pretty good to, to not go to college. You know, sounds like he has a great, great family. You can just tell by the way he talk to us. I mean, I, I do not like being called sir, but, uh, you know, some of these, some of these kids can't help them. can't help themselves, you know, oh, especially when you're as old as their dad. Good Lord. I'm older. Right. You're not as old yeah. as his dad. I'm probably as old as his dad. I'm in the same neighborhood, but uh, absolutely. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, it that kind of tell, it tells you the diversity that, that is in uh, a, a farm system, you know, from, sure. from ages, uh, you know, we, we haven't, unfortunately, we haven't had any Spanish speaking guys on yet. Uh, I know some people want us to, but you know, the, the language barrier is a tough thing. They, these guys are, can be uncomfortable speaking, sure. uh, speaking and we, English and, and a little, you know, don't want to say the wrong thing. We, we'd love to do it and we're going to try. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's just a, a baseball organization is, is just, uh, it's a, it's just, there's just so diverse. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, uh, Absolutely. Kids from all, ba- all backgrounds, you know, you, you know, that travel ball is expensive and, yeah. and, and baseball is dealing with an issue right now where there aren't a lot of uh, African-Americans in the game and they want to increase that. But, sure. you know, there are people from all backgrounds, all, all races, um, language barriers that they have to overcome uh, community, you know, you have English speaking players who, who have to learn how to communicate with their Spanish speaking players. They're players from Australia in the system. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's really neat. What, what all is involved in a, in a minor league baseball system. Yeah. And, and, and for the Spanish speaking, look, we, we, we will see them out there. We'll try to talk to them, but a lot of times, some of your best interviews with Spanish speaking players are after they get to the big leagues. They've really spent a few years here. Their English is yeah. better. Even Odor, Odor was had a bit of a language barrier. Uh, Elvis spoke great English by the time he got up here, and but Odor was well enough that you could probably play the home run game with Odor. You could ask him questions he understood to do that, and you just got to give these guys. It, it, I, you don't want to put them in. A, this is a fun place to learn about food and home run games, and you know right. what you're working on. And if, I, I want them comfortable to have fun here, to where when they see us, they're like, oh yeah, you know, we had Cole Wynn go, hey, remember I told you I wasn't buying golf clubs? Yeah, right, well, I bought right. them. You know, because yeah. they they remembered they have a good time here. Yeah, when I the when I when I the first time I met Guzman and uh, Mazzara was in 2014 in the Dominican, and um, they, I mean they're exception they they're exceptions. They their English has been flawless since yes. that. Yeah, and at the time I think they were probably 18 or 19. Um, just you know, so there are guys who who would be comfortable. It's just you know we gotta map it out and give them a, give them a warning. And, uh, you know, like we con- I contacted Cam on Monday and he, you know, Monday night and he was all for it. So, you know, with a, with a Spanish speaking guy and maybe he'll want to have a coach next to him just to double check, you know, you know, like, like Ezekiel Duran speaks really good English, but, uh, when Evan and I interviewed him in instructs, he, he wanted to speak Spanish. He understood our questions though. He just, you know, he had a, a, a translator next to him, just wanted to make sure, uh, that he was getting things right. And I totally respect that. I mean, I do too. I, I would, I wouldn't, if, if English was not my first language and I was in a situation where I needed to, 
speak another language and can do it but wasn't confident, I would want help. Absolutely. No, no, you're exactly right because sometimes the way a, a verb is conjugated mm -hmm. or something happens, it can come across wrong and it can sound either offensive or wrong how they say something. So speak yeah. it. You know, Adolis Garcia is another one. I always found it fascinating on Zoom calls. You would ask Adolis Garcia a question, and he immediately went into his answer in full-blown Spanish the moment you right. finished, and then they would right. interpret it. So he understands. He knows what you're saying. He knows what you're asking, but he's not confident saying it, so he goes right into Spanish. And uh, so that we'll get them, guys. We're going to get these guys, and if nothing else, we'll get plugs from them, and we're going to talk to them, and that is going to be yeah. fun. I mean, that season hasn't started yet. It's <laughs> it's February. Yeah. we got a long way to go, a lot of, a lot of shows that we're going to fill um you know it, it's it's going to be fun and you know maybe we can go out to frisco and do a show live or something like that and yep and get guys on but um it, it's going to be uh there's going to be a long list of guys who who, who both major leaguers and minor leaguers who Absolutely. were able to be on this on this little uh little podcast of ours yeah, and Frisco's really good about they might even let us do a live show even during a game out in the outfield, set up a little spot out there and people can gather around and watch it, get some other guys to to come on, like Halleck or some of the other guys covering them that cover Frisco pretty good. But we'll figure something out. We're going to have fun with this thing. We want to take it on the road a little bit when we're going to cover something. Um, we are going to, if the Rangers aren't playing April 8th, I'll be out in Frisco um, for sure, catching that opening game. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if the schedule holds right now, I think the Rangers would be in uh, Toronto on April 8th. And I'm sure as hell not going to go to Toronto. So, um, <laughs> Can you even get in the country? I mean, my father-in-law yeah. owns a place in Canada, and he can't hardly get up there. Question. That's a good question. I don't know if I can or not. But um, anyway, um, there will be a lot of Frisco opportunities. Yep. Well, guys yep. – Jeff, that's it. Let's get out of here. Uh, get this oh, thing out. Wait, wait, we got a we got a plug. Absolutely. Jeffwilson.substack.com, five ninety nine a month, sixty dollars a year. Um, I had a, a a person who um, did not renew his subscription, which is fine. It it, it happens, and he said he said um, that the reason he he didn't is because he thought he he didn't see anything at the website that he couldn't get for free anywhere else which kind of stumped me but um i'm telling you you know nobody else has tr sullivan writing for him nope um nobody nobody is covering the minor leagues like we are uh i mean i you know i have a story today on jack lighter yeah you know, I, jack jack is uh very receptive to receiving text messages and talking on the phone and um, there are a lot of guys who are like that. And, and, and we've been doing that since day one, really this whole off season, but, but from, from the time we launched here in, in June and with the podcast in late August. So, um, you're going to, you're going to get stuff that nobody else is, is doing. Let so, me, well, let me say this now, as a guy who joins all of them and likes to read all of them, let me be very clear. The guys that have access to the players and talk to them, every single one of them are behind a paywall, whether it's the Dallas Morning News, Fort Worth Star-Telegram, you know, has it. You've got the Athletic that has a paywall, jeffwilson.substack.com, the Texas Ranger Newsletter. Those guys have access to the players daily. They can make a phone call and have an interview and get direct quotes. When you're just a blogger, you're not getting direct contact with the players, um, not daily and not when there's a story. Like, if, Let me tell you right now, if a story breaks tomorrow on something – Jeff is invited into the room to talk with the, the managers, whoever, talk to the players. I'm not. He is. 
Um, you know, so that's a you have to pay for that privilege. T.R. Sullivan, that stuff right there is worth everything he's doing. That guy's writing a book on the website. <laughs> yeah, he is. And then um, you know, there are a lot of people who want us to to turn his memoirs into a book, and I'm all for it. I don't know if TR is or not, but yeah. Anyway, I'm just saying you're get you're gonna get a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Um, you know, and at 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 the minimum you're gonna get Friday on the farm. Uh, which this week we conclude our uh, prospect countdown. Top 10. You know, Sunday we do the the Sunday read every week. So, um, and, and then, you know, once, once big league camp starts, we're going to, we're going to be there for a spell and then come back and then I'll return before the end of camp. So, yep. um, you know, good things at uh, jeffwilson.substack.com for $5.99 a month or $60 a year, which is really cheap. So yes, it um, is a lot cheaper than what, what you're going to pay elsewhere. All right, guys, that's it. Good plug for the, for the website. Go join it. Jeff Wilson.substack.com. Uh, anything else before I hit it? No, I think uh, just, just happy thoughts here when it comes to the labor deal, because I'm, I, I am itching to get to Arizona. So am I, I'm ready to go too. All right, guys. Thanks to Cam Colley for joining us. Uh, guys, we'll see you at the yard.